I wonder what the lesson is about. I want to start off. Who is this guy? Oh, I put his name up there. <laughs> William Tecumseh Sherman. Anybody remember who he is? If you want to come to me and talk to me about a possible relationship, and I mean uh, uh, familial, uh, come to me. I, I won't go into that now. William Tecumseh Sherman coined a phrase, war is hell. And he came up with that. He, he, I've been reading his, uh, his memoirs, and it's interesting. He was in Shiloh. He was in Vicksburg. And they chose him to do the famous drive to the sea. He destroyed Atlanta. Uh, he went all the way to Savannah. And, and, and he was so liked. Uh, and, and, and by the way, this philosophy that he has, this war is hell kind of uh, philosophy, was that war is awful. It destroys things. It kills people. It is destructive. And, and what he said was, well, because of that, we might as well go ahead and do it and do it as quickly as possible. That was kind of his philosophy. General Patton thought that was a great philosophy. But war does leave things in its path. This is part of Atlanta during the Civil War. As you can see, everything is just in chaos. That's obviously a drawing. But that's the way war is. It's terrible. War leaves people with nothing. It's devastation. People lose their lives or they're wounded. I saw a picture of a guy from the Civil War not too long ago. just had a hole in his head. The guy still lived. And years later, the, the ball fell out. But he lived with debilitating headaches the rest of his life. But war separates families. And on and on and on I could go. And obviously warfare has changed over the years. What used to be hand-to-hand -hand combat is now uh, carried out by precision uh, laser-guided missiles. And yeah, there are still the traditional ways of fighting. But the results are still the same. The scripture describes our struggle with Satan. It says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. And we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we will take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. Ephesians chapter 6, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power and put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
For our struggle is not against the flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. Paul says to Timothy, Timothy, my son, I am giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you might fight the battle well. And of course, he tells him to fight the good fight of faith. At the end of his life, Paul says, I have fought the good life of faith. If you look at the passage that we read earlier, it says we live in the world, and, and, and the word live is, and, and I have said this a thousand times, the King James Version translates that walk, and, and that's kind of the way they do this. We walk in the world. We're there in the world. We're in the middle of the world. You know how I like that word. But there are many spiritual casualties in this war. Think of those that you know. You know that have succumbed to Satan's schemes. Who once served faithfully, maybe by your side, but as you look around, even today, they're not here. Or it may have been you that was wounded. Wounded by well-meaning people who said things that, that they intended to build you up, but ended up cutting you deeply. People who have come along and maybe even intentionally tried to cut you down. Well, we have to live in this world. There's no other options. Many are cultural casualties. Man, I... I I can think of so many people, and I think of a family in Alabama years and years and years ago. He was a deacon in the church. He had kids that went to a Christian school. Last time I knew, they spent the weekends on the lake never acknowledging God again. I think of the parable of the sower. That one has been kind of interesting because it says the enemies were the birds who ate the seed that was sown along the wayside. Satan has a way of taking that and just removing it and saying, no, I don't want you to, to, to eat of that. I don't want that to be any part of your life. Or the sun comes out and scorches Whatever route you have, the scripture says trials and tribulations. How many of us have been through trials and tribulations and end up saying, why me, God? Why is this happening to me? It must be God, so therefore I'm going to eliminate him from my life. Or the thorns that choke it out. The scripture says the wealth and the worldliness that surrounds us. Yes, that's the fight that we have to fight every day. Satan tells you you're not good enough. Really? You, you going to church? <laughs> Why? You're not good enough to do that. Everything seems to fall in on you. And you doubt the presence of God. 
Or you see all the glitter of the world. I mean, even Satan tried that with Jesus. Took him up and said, I will give you all of this. If you'll just bow down and worship me, Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. And it's a phrase that probably we ought to learn too. That's the fight that we have to fight every day. Let's pray about that walk, okay? Father, we, we walk in this world. You've told us that we are to be in this world, but not of the world. And so many times we fall casually to what the world has to offer. It offers friendships, it offers riches, it offers just all kinds of pleasures. Father, help us to realize that the only true pleasure is found in you. And as we walk, I pray, Father, that you will lead us in the way that we need to go. That we will be good soil that germinates your seed and that exudes your love. Father, I, I pray that we will walk in a manner worthy that you have called us. In your son's name. But we have weapons. We have weapons. God didn't leave us to fend for ourselves. He didn't leave us just to, okay, there you go. Hope you make it. Paul says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. Steve already read the full armor of God. He says, I want you to fight with truth. There is truth. Although the world will tell you that there's no such thing. You have your truth. You have your truth. We all have our own truth. Truth is God's truth. And he says, I want you to understand that we are to fight with truth. And he says, I want you to fight with righteousness. That's one of the problems we as Christians have, is we, we want to be righteous, but we want to be righteous on Sunday mornings. But don't make me righteous on Monday. We want to be righteous to, when we gather together for special events, but Father, don't make me righteous any other time. He says, I want you to fight with the gospel of peace. Oh, so many times we use the gospel of war. We pound people over the head. We want to we wanna make sure that they understand. You're not getting what I'm saying. And he says, I want you to be clad with the gospel of peace. He says, I want you to have faith. And the scripture says that it can quench or extinguish all the flaming arrows of Satan. Do you know that? Did you ever read that in there? Faith extinguishes the arrows of Satan. As much as he tries to get us, as much as he shoots his arrows at us, if we continue to believe in God, if we continue to have that faith in him, it says all those things will be extinguished. 
salvation. And finally, he says, and the sword of the Spirit. It is with Scripture that we fight. We know the stories of how God overcame those enemies who seemed to have overwhelming odds against us. But they were no match for God. He overcame giants. He shut lions' mouths. He allowed people to survive in a furnace. And he, he took entire nations down. And he promises that he'll be with us always. But he asks us to use the weapons that he has given us. I mentioned this in a sermon several weeks ago about how the full armor of God, everything in the full armor of God is for the front. There is nothing for the backside. There is not a full armor of God to cover the back. And so he wants us to take the battle. He wants us to go forward. He wants us to fight. And so let's pray for the weapons that we have. Father, so often we, we depend on ourselves. In this battle that we have, we, we pray that that we rely on you and we don't forget the stories that we read in the scripture the truths that we read in the scripture about how you overcame uh, unbelievable odds father forgive us when we think in such small ways forgive us when we refuse to use the weapons that you so quickly provide us and as as we've already mentioned, Father, this is not a war of guns and cannons, swords. It's a war of control of the mind. It's a war that's waged against us by the principalities and the powers of the darkness. And Father, we pray that we can withstand the arrows of Satan. Only through you, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. But there's also warfare. Do you notice in that passage of Scripture, it says, we demolish strongholds. Now, I don't know if, if you, you like that word or not. I like that word, demolish. It's not like we make an indention. A few years ago, Martha and I went to... Uh, uh, a fort in South Carolina, or was that Georgia? It may have been Georgia. It was Fort Pulaski. And in the walls were, were huge, huge holes where the enemy fired cannons. And it made a huge indention, but it didn't knock the walls down. This says, we demolish strongholds. And every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Every war has POWs. And he says in our war, it is taking captive every thought. Satan doesn't play fair. 
I, I told you this story several years ago, and I, I don't know if you remember it or not, so I'm going to tell it again. You probably remember it, because if I remember it, <laughs> you know, it's probably something pretty obvious. Years and years and years ago, when I was a youth minister, we had Grady King come to our church. And um, we were going to do this, this game. And, and Grady says, all right. He said, I want all the guys. And he called all the guys over. And he says, all right, guys. He said, what I want you to do, he said, I'm going to have the girls try to tear you apart. And so, you know, the guys are like, <laughs> yeah, these girls tear us apart. And he said, so I want you to bind yourself. I want you to lock arms. And he said, the girls are going to come and they're going to try to tear you away. And of course, the guys are strutting. They're doing all they can to, to say, oh yeah, you girls can do that. You know, that kind of stuff. And so they locked arms and he says, okay, girls, come over here. And he called the girls over and very quietly, outside of the hearing of the guys, said, girls, there are no rules. You can pinch, you can scratch, you can bite, you can do anything. Just get those boys apart. So he backs off and the girls are kind of smiling, the guys are strutting again, and you know, they've got their arms locked. And he goes, one, two, three, go. And the girls go over. And I mean, in seconds, those guys were already out. Ow! Oh, you know, no fair! You know, that kind of stuff. And Grady says, okay, you guys are the church. And Satan were the girls. And he says, Satan will do anything he can to pull you apart. That's the kind of warfare we've got. That Satan doesn't play fair. That he'll do whatever he can. He'll lie. He'll steal. He'll cheat. He'll do anything. You've got to continue to be faithful. Our call is to stand firm. In that passage from Ephesians 6, and, and I pointed this out several weeks ago, four times, Paul says, I want you to stand firm. And I want you to stand War is ugly, but it must be won. I, 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 I just hate this, this concept of, well, me and God, we make a majority. I want to tell you something. God was a majority long before you came along. And I think of David and Goliath. And I think of, of, of as they were together and, and Goliath just taunting and, and, and trying to get David to commit. And David goes out with nothing. I mean, they gave him uh, Saul's armor. He couldn't wear it. It was too big. And he picked up five stones. And he goes out. And you know what? It's interesting to me. The world knows that story. People who have never read the Bible know the story of David and Goliath. If you don't believe me, think about some football game or some basketball game where the number one seed is playing some little team 
that's never played before. And what do they say? They say, it's a David versus Goliath. And as David approaches, he says this. You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord God Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. David didn't say, I come to you with a sling and five rocks. He said, I come to you in the name of the Lord. And then he says, all those who gathered here will know that it is not by the sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. That's the warfare that we can fight. I want us to pray for our warfare. Father, we know that this battle is tough. We know that the battle is not fair. But you are all we need. You have told us you would never forsake us or leave us. You have told us that you would always be with us. Father, forgive us when we try to fight these battles alone. Forgive us when we try to see things through our own eyes. Father, help us to realize that you are the one who is fighting the battle. And Father, if there are those who have been struggling out there, Father, if there are those who have struggled with their walk, and Father, they have forgotten their weapons, and they have forgotten that you are all in all, God Almighty, I pray for them today that they can find someone to talk to to respond in any way to your word. Father, we love you and we thank you for being our God. In Jesus' name, amen.